Welcome one, welcome all to the NFC East mixtape presented to you in partnership by Blog of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, and Big Blue View SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Commanders, and New York Giants content. You can listen to this show on any of those four podcast networks. Make sure to visit the site for your preferred team um, because that's the whole reason we do this. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. He is Brandon Lee Gowton from BGNI and Margie Ochoa from BTB. Brandon, I'm so excited to ask you this question. Are you ready? No. What is the first thing? What is the first department you go to in the grocery store that mm. is not the produce? Right. Because you walk in, the produce is right there, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, talking like once once the cool stuff starts happening. I mean, usually kind of just an order from there. I'm not, you know, unless I'm going in specifically to get wow, one so pretty, or two items. Mainstream. And I just have I thought you were a little bit more unique. Wow, interesting. Well, I mean, I just think it kind of makes sense. I just go through most of the aisles. Maybe I'll skip an aisle if it's like, you know, a pet food aisle or something, and I don't need anything from there. But for the most part, go through all the aisles, see if there's any deals. I usually have a list. I go with a list. I don't know about you. Haven't you talked about Paper this? Paper or like before? on your phone? On my phone. Okay. I'm okay with that. Me. Rob Stats Guerrera, uh, who we both know. Um who, who we both know and who we both like. Let's just leave it at that. You know, a little bit of a, of a, of a mm. tease. Uh, Rob Stats Guerrera, I've talked to him about this. He uses a paper list like a weirdo. Who does that? Yeah. It's 2022, man. I mean, yeah. Save it's, the trees, Stats. Come yeah. on. What are we doing here? Um, We have a lot to get to. It's training camp time. We're not going to dilly-dally all too much. Uh, but we do suggest always to <laughs> subscribe to your preferred podcast podcast. Uh, you know, team, uh, whatever network, um, we're, we're a little bit off. It's, it's a little bit off. We're actually launching this episode later than usual. Uh, so apologies to everybody who was looking for it, uh, during the normal time on Wednesday morning, I uh, just had some scheduling conflicts. So, so here we are, we, we made sure we got an episode out. Uh, but so do subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, do the cross rating and cross review that BLG always talks about, go to a different team site and let, you know, them know how you feel about them. Still leave five stars, but write whatever mm -hmm. mean things you want. Uh, we have a brand new review on the BTB side of things. Brandon, are you ready? I'm so excited to hear it. This comes to us from Sloppy Joe Meat. So obviously the grocery trip involves like, you know, materials for Sloppy Joe. I don't even like Sloppy Joe, if I'm being honest. Same. I, I, I don't think, mean to, yeah. what is the point? You know, just make a hamburger. What are we doing? Or make chili. Like, what is this halfway I, thing? I, I don't mean to get the review off to a bad start, but Sloppy Joe Meat, we love you, but not a fan, you know, not a fan mm. of that food. Um, the title is NFC's Mixtape, five-star review. Uh, here we go. I started a new job that allows me to listen to my phone at work for the first time. Congrats on the new job. And I've gotten tired of listening to my music and came across mm. BTB podcasts. Absolute go-to, and I cannot wait for the season for endless capitalized content. Broncos country, let's ride. Literally <laughs> says that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally says that in the review. Uh, so uh, shout out to Sloppy Joe Meat. On the subject of this, I actually wanted to consult you uh, and get your opinion. I know we're, we're not wasting a lot of time dilly-dallying, um, but I also wanted to consult the listeners because I think you agree. The mixtape mixtape fans are really, really special people, right? I mean, I, we love them, right? I think the diehards listen to the mixtape. I don't think it's just the the common listener, which is fine. We appreciate that listener too. I think those are more of the maybe some of the main shows that we have going on in our respective feeds. But I definitely think the mixtape is for the 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 most diseased of the diseased fans, and I say that right. in a loving way who follow the teams. 
um we just it's a little family to, to that point and so i'm asking for the opinions of our family members which includes you i feel guilty just mm. just just benefiting off of russell wilson's you know <laughs> russell wilsonness um i kind of feel like i need to buy like a russell wilson jersey or something and maybe it's like a special mm. moment on the another one every well, I have a Seahawks one to be clear, right. but the, the the like the you know the Broncos country that's ride thing is like a thing, and so and I I love all the mixtape listeners who tag me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok on the latest Russell Wilson quote, and so I just feel guilty. I feel like I'm just like this leech, you know, creating content for Russell Wilson or about Russell Wilson, and I'm not supporting the cause, and so I don't know what 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 the the protocol is here. Uh, but I was curious for your thoughts and everybody else's, and so I'll I'll listen to everybody and 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 do as the mixtape wishes. You're appropriating Russell Wilson. I, I honestly think it makes a lot of sense for you to get his jersey because one, you already have the Seahawks jersey. Uh, number two, you already are him based on you know uh, just the way you talk. Uh, number three, you don't like the Chargers very much, and they're in the same conference. And also, you kind of don't necessarily love the Chiefs. You know, kind of st- sticks little. Uh, a bit of a, a thumb in Pete Sweeney's eye. So there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. to get the jersey. And I also, if I'm not mistaken, I think you like the Broncos uniform. So all the more reason to do it. Love the colors. Uh, so I'm, if I do it, though, I'm going to get the Navy. You know, yeah, I, that's but what I was I, expecting. I, I, you know, I just, I, I really am sad that I can't be like, we in the orange, because I really want to be able to do that. But I don't like the orange jersey. Um, so that that's just that, you know, where that is. Um, I did get a lot of requests. Um, a lot of people like tagging me said, you know what to do. Um, so if you allow me, Brandon, um, here we go. You know, um, I've always been about the extra work and, um, you know, some people say go the extra mile. Um, I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I go the extra kilometer, um, because I don't believe in the metric system. And I, I think that that's, that, that's how you become a prisoner, um, to limitations. And so, um, I like to expand my mind and, and, and look at international ways. And, uh, you know, I was, this, this summer I was in Monaco and, uh, you know, Sierra and I, and, uh, she was doing her thing. I was doing my thing. And, you know, I've, I've just really learned a lot uh, about, um, about time and distance and, um, and, and you know, like so a lot of people don't know that light years are actually uh, a measure of distance, not a measure of time. And I actually, <laughs> I think light years uh, are now on Disney Plus, uh, you know, not a sponsor, but uh, you know, it's it's available for streaming. And so um, I I just you know I, I'm here to work, and um, and and I, I want to bring that mentality to um to, to the Broncos organization. There's a great long and, and, and storied history in, in in front of me and behind me uh yeah i saw peyton over there uh with marshall uh not not mad there's uh yeah it's not eight mile around here uh but uh but yeah broncos country that's right in denver russ goes the extra mile high nice yeah that line about tripling it was really dumb i had a really funny joke that didn't land um i said wow he triples it when card is available and nobody thought it was funny so whatever so, training camp started in the NFL <laughs> last week. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Whatever, BLG. Go ahead. Including the Philadelphia Eagles. I forget exactly when the Cowboys started, but basically all around at some point last week, a little bit, some camps a little bit earlier than that. So, we're basically a week into training camp, and we have some major storylines, some of the biggest things I feel like to talk about coming out of camp. And why not start with your team, RJ? Start with the Cowboys. What is the biggest thing? Or at least I guess you wanted to set the show up. But uh, one of the things I did notice, I wanted to bring this up when I was on Blocking the Voice this morning, assembling the link roundup. 
There's an article titled, Dan Quinn reportedly offered to leave the Cowboys if Mike McCarthy found that the easier option, which I had to click on. So I'm like, well, what is going on? <laughs> um, so that story is, um, we, we didn't talk about this on any podcast. This works out. Good content by you. Um, I also wanted to shout out Football Outsiders, who we all um, worked with yeah. this um, this offseason, this summer, this training camp period. Um, they had a little video that came out actually right before we started recording. Um, and Ian O'Connor had a line that I thought was so good um, talking about the Cowboys. He said they're content with being content. I loved that. That was so mm. good. Um, but so and that's kind of actually <laughs> that's that's kind of what I, I felt about this story. Um, Joy Epstein of USA Today wrote about this. Um, apparently, Dan Quinn, when he was being courted to be a head coach this past offseason, um, you know, and also was connected to uh the dallas cowboys head coaching job which jerry jones said was part of him playing poker uh to keep dan quinn around uh, apparently dan quinn according to him uh went to mike mccarthy and, and just kind of i guess addressed the awkwardness the elephant in the room sort of thing um and said if it's easier for me to go just say the word and i'll leave which on one hand lends me to believe like did he have a guaranteed offer to be a head coach somewhere did, did you know did dan quinn did somebody offer him the head coaching job that he ultimately turned down obviously that team wouldn't tell us maybe it is my denver broncos um i'm thinking about making them my madden team like if i'm gonna do this mm. like just go all out you know what i'm saying sure. um but we'll see anyway um so um he, he went to michael mccarthy said yeah if, if it's easier for me to leave whatever say the word um and and i'll go and uh mike mccarthy said no you know winning's better with you here uh whatever so dan quinn decided to stay um i don't know if i buy that whole story and i'm not trying to like cast dispersions on dan quinn but i also like who benefits from that story coming out right now in august while you're at camp i i, th I think that that actually I don't think it was uncool of Dan Quinn, but that doesn't make Mike McCarthy look all too great in my mind. Um, and again, I'm not saying he's like out of turn or out of line, but that just, I don't know that, that, that makes Mac like McCarthy. Everybody knows what's going on with Mike McCarthy. Like that only somewhat feeds it. So I, I thought it was curious that Dan Quinn, who's pretty measured would, would tell this story. Yeah. I don't know that I would call it a bad vibe, but it's, it's a weird vibe. And mm -hmm. I think this is exactly what the Cowboys have kind of needed to avoid. Like I think more than any other NFC's team, arguably they've, they need, they're in need of the most stable, normal training camp, just total, no, totally normal, like no kind of crazy big headlines other than, okay, this player is kind of looking good, but no kind of like weird layered distractions or like subplots. And uh, so I don't think this is unraveling the team, but it's just like another weird thing where you're like, what? Like, what am I reading? What is this about? What is going on here? So I guess my question for you would be like, what are the more substantive things? Substantive? Sub, sub, substance, substantive? Substantive? Sub, 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 I think. What, are the, what is one of the more things of substance to come out from Cowboys <laughs> training camp? Um, well, our pets heads are falling off, Brandon. Um, mm. the Cowboys saw, so the, the Cowboys were the last team in the NFL to sign an external free agent. And their first, um, you know, dip into those waters was James Washington, um, mm. who's hurt. And by the way, I do think it's interesting. The initial reported recovery time frame for him was six to 10 weeks. Steven Jones was on San Antonio sports star on Tuesday. And he said eight to 10 weeks, CD lamb. Uh, when he met with the media after Tuesday's practice, said that he was told 10 to 12 weeks. So it does kind of feel like it's going to be much closer to the longer end of that spectrum. Mm. Um, and who knows what you're, I mean, I don't know that anybody that was, I, I don't know anybody that legitimately was pumped about James Washington. All due respect to him. Um, so 
The Cowboys, again, I, mean, I've, I know you've heard me. I've made the argument that they needed a receiver before they even got to camp, before Michael Gallup said he was out week one, before the James Washington injury. Uh, but the Cowboys have no intention, according to them at least, of uh, pursuing any veteran at the moment. Um, they have kicker issues. They had the worst kicker in the NFL from an extra point conversion standpoint last season. They toyed with bringing him back after they cut him. They did not draft anybody. They signed an undrafted free agent. They brought back Lareem Hyrule, who a couple of weeks before camp, and now he is the better kicker, seemingly. So they have issues there. Um, they left the swing tackle position on a team whose left tackle has missed time every year for six straight seasons mm -hmm. to a battle between a second-year, fourth-round player who didn't play last year and a rookie fifth-round pick who had shoulder issues last year who's now out at the moment uh, with uh, the aforementioned shoulder issues. So it, it's all of these these problems were 100% predictable. So I think that's the, like, that's the thing of most substance is like the chickens are coming home to roost for the Cowboys. You know, it's like they're sitting here like, whoa, we have these little bitty problems. And like there are successes happening. I don't mean to say like it's all doom and gloom, but mm -hmm. all the problems they have right now were 100% preventable, but they chose not to do it. They have $22 million in salary cap space, and they're seemingly not interested in exercising any of it. So the Cowboys' top three receivers right now in terms of being ready to play are what? Like C.D. Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, and who? Noah Brown. Okay. <laughs> not great, I would say. Not not the ideal setup. Has Tolbert been impressing in training camp? I'm sure he has, based on hype. Um, It hasn't been the, like... You know what it's like when there's like the rookie receiver. Like generally, that's like the easy guy to like pop. He hasn't had that mm -hmm. kind of pop, but it's been standard mm -hmm. pop. It's just it's okay. not like out of this world pop, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, I think it kind of speaks to the receiver position certainly not being anywhere where it was heading into the season last year. Uh, so that's a big difference. Uh, I did notice that um, you mentioned like kicker is just going to be an issue for this team, um, which tough <laughs> tough tough spot to be in not necessarily going to ruin the whole season but could could actually be pretty significant so uh and then yeah the uh the backup tackle thing i mean tyron smith is going to miss games like he just is it's, it's going to happen if it doesn't happen then that is way exceeding expectation the expectation should be that he is going to miss time so if that offensive tackle depth isn't there then that's not great and there's still options on the market i know btb had an article about that too about some of the veteran names out there including like a sam tevy um but you know those guys are also out there for a reason still they're not like uh, super inspiring options so and that's that's what's know. frustrating is like these these august problems didn't need to exist you know if, if you had done the work in in march april and may you know we wouldn't be worried right now and we've, we've talked a lot about regression of the mean in a number of different ways one way that gets like a little bit or flows flies a little bit under the radar is they were very healthy last year they were in, in, inordinately healthy and they that, that actually regressed past the mean from 2020 in, in 2020 the, the two teams who lost the most games to injuries were the san francisco 49ers and the dallas cowboys and we saw what happened to both those teams a, a season ago obviously and so if you do regress closer to the mean at least you're going to miss you know some some time from some important players uh beyond the statistical regression of the mean in, in, in as far as turnovers and things like that and so it just again it it, it feels like they're living in this you know this they're, they're trying to live in this vacuum where everything's going to be perfect if everything goes according to plan that's true right like if everything goes according to your plan you're going to be fine um but it probably won't right like that's life in the nfl um and so that's i think the like general temperature right now um i do think people are excited micah parsons does seem like 
I don't know that he's going to be better from like a, a statistical you know standpoint because it's very very difficult. And, and the same goes for Trayvon Diggs. But they are showing the right signs of growth and development um, along their career trajectory. So that is really nice to see. And I do think, and I know you agree, it's possible for them to be better players this coming season with lower or fewer statistical numbers, um, just because again some inordinate things happened to them last year. So that's all. That's very good to see. It, they're extremely top heavy, and it feels like most of the top is fine and stable, but every Everything beyond that is they're 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 a they're a lasagna where the top layer just looks amazing and appealing, but underneath it's like not cooked and just gross. I think it's the usual uh, kind of thing with the Cowboys. It's like it's it's the flash over the substance, um, and the flash can be really good, but when you're digging deeper, uh, it can be an issue. Uh, it's good you addressed uh, the Parsons thing and, and digs and all that because I was going to ask like what are some of the more encouraging things from camp since we touched on the more negative with the Cowboys, but. Uh, I guess you I do also think that the Dak and CD it, that that connection feels very 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 strong it does feel like CD is is progressing the way it, it's training camp like so injecting the right level of context you know you're seeing I think we're seeing everything that we need to be seeing from CD Lamb and from Dak mm-hmm. Prescott but but again like the other side of that coin you know the the upward part of the yo-yo is is that enough right like yes you you may have one of the most dynamic connections in the NFL but you need more than that. We're, we're learning that. Um, that's evidenced by the the opponent the Cowboys have in week one. The Buccaneers have Chris Godwin, who's ahead of Michael Gallup from a, a recovery standpoint. They already have Mike Evans. They have Scotty Miller. They, you know, are like, hey, let's add Julio Jones. Let's get more. Let's just do mm-hmm. more. Let's let's add and add and add and add. And I think that's the mindset that every NFL team wants. Um, so, yeah, all in all, things aren't like on fire when it comes to the Cowboys, but mm-hmm. they get worse every time the team talks about them. That's that's when I think, like, uh, I I can't think of a time in the last, I don't know, two, three years when, when Jerry Jones has spoken and good things have happened. He really mm-hmm. upset people. Uh, I'm sure you saw with his sniveling comment about Jimmy Johnson and the Ring of Honor. Um, so, you know, but but he, he just is going to talk no matter what. He's just kind of blitzing through it, which on the one on one hand, I respect. Like, hey, just be you. But uh, on another hand, it's like read the room, and, and they're not really good at that. All right. Are you done with the Cowboys? I suppose. I mean, we could we could talk about them for a long time. I just time meant in general, but also talking about them. Um, so Jalen Hurts is apparently thriving, right? Mm. That's that's what I have that's that's the word. Jalen Hurts on the street. Um in ESPN's uh like training camp roundup for Tuesday, uh the Eagles portion, I don't know if you read this, was that Jalen Hurts had his best day of practice. Mm-hmm. So, whoa. Watch I would agree with that. I have been doing a daily stock tracker for Jalen Hurts on Bleeding Green Nation, RJ. And first day, I'll, let me, I've seen five practices now. Let me take you through a recap of that. So, in order from first day, day one to day five, I would say stock even, stock down, stock down, stock even, and then stock up. So, certainly not consistent by any means. He did have his best day on Tuesday. And in ways too that weren't necessarily just like the things that Jalen Hurts has consistently been good at thus far, as much as, oh, he's actually throwing over the middle of the field, which he didn't do and hasn't really done in this year. And oh, he was actually getting the ball quick, which he isn't, doesn't usually do. He usually holds onto the ball too long. And he not only getting the ball quick, um, but doing it, doing so with accuracy, throwing into a tight windows to AJ Brown on these slant routes that he keeps doing, where it kind of gives AJ a chance to run after the catch. Obviously, you can't see the full extent of that impact because they're Eagles aren't actually tackling to the ground or anything. Um, so it's good to see. I mean, that that kind of progress. 
I still think on the whole, we're not seeing a night and day difference from this quarterback, which is what the Eagles need to happen. Of course, it's early-ish in training camp. It's only been one week, five days. Not saying he can't continue to progress throughout camp and the summer and everything. I just have a hard time believing this is, you know, an incredibly different player. And if that's the case, again, if he's not that like super different player, where's this team's ceiling really? It's him, right? Like he's he's it. You know, they they could have. I don't know how many times I've seen lately, whether it's you know in, in the BT stuff or BGN stuff or on Reddit, um, that if Dak Prescott were on the Eagles, that would be like a Super Bowl contending team. I think we both agree with that, right? Like it's a pretty deep roster that that has a low ceiling because of Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think it's just it's difficult to buy that it's going to be better because you want it to be. I'm, I'm not saying you specifically, but you know what I mean. Like that just doesn't that doesn't work that way. Um, and well, how I think, many teams do you feel like good about on the whole, but not with the quarterback, right? Like the 49ers. I in think the past an, couple of years, the 49ers in the past couple of years. I don't feel this way, but I think some people could make an argument for the Vikings. I think the Vikings have a really interestingly talented roster but some people don't like the quarterback i think i disagree with that obviously um i think who's the opposite like on on maybe the raiders is, is also another answer for you is the people that don't like Derek carr um but who, who's the opposite like or maybe the broncos were the eagles you're talking about last year too like a, a talented roster that's kind of a quarterback away but but who's the opposite like just has the quarterback and has nothing else i mean the packers yeah, maybe, maybe the cow I guess the Packers are now. The Packers have been that at points with Aaron Rodgers for sure. I don't know. You can argue if they are or not now. I think they're a little bit better now. But at, at times they have been that team. Um what about the Cardinals? The Seahawks probably at some some additions. Oh uh, yeah. I'm talking now though. Like I think yeah. the Cardinals are in, in that mix a little bit. Mm, I don't know about their quarterback. Um, I mean, he's the most talented player on the team though. That's you know, you know. The, the point. talented um but there's more maybe, to be said for the quarterback position than just talent maybe i, I i'm in the future there's going to be a, an argument for that that's the chiefs patrick mahomes has no talent around him They're, like we're going to get the meme um i don't know what car it is but you know i'm talking about the like corvette or whatever it is in the like rundown house and they're going to be like patrick mahomes on the Kansas City mm -hmm. Chiefs. So um, yes, there will be a distance of that in part because you're paying a quarterback big money and you can't necessarily, and that's the best kind of what I go back to with Hertz. Like people talk about all the time, what's the standard? Like, what does he need to do? What bar does he need to clear to prove himself as the franchise quarterback? And to me, it's about beating quality opponents because the Eagles haven't done that. Hertz hasn't done that. And it's also winning because of him at some points. It doesn't have to be you win every single game because of him, but you have to win some games because of him. And it can't just be like the 49ers with Jimmy G where he's along for the ride and you're just winning with him because at some point you're not going to be able to have that stack roster when Hertz is on his uh, you know, contract extension instead of his rookie deal. So you need to see like you can win because of Hertz. And that much is very much TBD. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I don't think there's anything from camp. And I know you've been I'm not saying like your work is meaningless, but like there's nothing that's going to like make somebody who doesn't feel glowing about Jalen Hurts feel glowing about him throughout camp. There is like because of the like the data set, the sample size, there is this like I really need to see it in the regular season. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, where we're at. Um, it's how is, what else? What like what? Are, what? What about the non-Jalen stories? Is A.J. Brown on fire? Uh, oh, I saw that Jalen Rager caught a big-time touchdown. Jalen Hurts. Watch. <laughs> Jalen Rager did Watch have his out. best practice I've ever watched on Tuesday. I don't 
take that to mean anything moving forward because he has a long way to go before anyone can say he's turned a corner in his career. But hey, credit to him for having a good day. He only got uh, playing time with the ones because Quez Watkins had Quez Watkins had to miss some practice time due to illness, so he took advantage of the first team reps. Um, but yeah, AJ Brown's looking good. He's kind of really coming on here. Darius Slay has had a hard time covering him. And I don't think that's really a put down on Darius Slay because Slay's had good coverage to be clear at times too. And AJ Brown has just like made the play. Like yesterday uh, on Tuesday, Darius Slay and Brown were going up against each other on a, in a one-on-one rep. And Slay had pretty good coverage, even got a hand on the ball, but Brown was able to stay with it. And he like pinned it to his helmet with just like one hand as he went out of bounds. Like that's like a wide receiver one kind of, that's like elite wide receiver, big money receiver kind of catch. Um, so we've seen some good signs from him. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the more relevant things in terms of big picture. Like, I, you know, I don't need to get into like Marcus Epps and people don't really care about that uh, outside of Philly. What about Jordan Davis? Besides yeah, uh, the incredible vocals. He's a big man and not just like, I, I keep making this distinction. He's not just like, he's not fat. He's six, six, 300 and, 34 it's just, pounds. It's just a bigger a bigger human than other people, he, right? He's very large, but he looks like sleek as, as much as someone can look sleek for that with those dimensions. Like he looks like very – I mean, it makes sense. He tested it out of the gym uh, in terms of, you know, his athletic measurements and everything, elite athlete, and we've seen some of that. And in one-on-ones, he is <laughs> he's pretty powerful and dominant. It's hard to block that guy one-on-one. So uh, early encouraging signs from him as well. You know, it's, there's going to be a rotation in there, but I definitely stock up for him. I think he's looked good, not only in terms of like clogging up runs, which everyone is what assuming what he can do, but also like actually being able to kind of generate pressure up the middle in the, in the, uh, in the backfield there on the quarterback. So yeah, definitely stock up for him. If I have to take a negative thing, I mean, it's kind of the hurts thing I would say. Um, not that he's looked bad, but just that he hasn't made the leap. Um, what else? I don't know. I guess that's the biggest thing. I'm trying to do like a big, big negative and big positive for each team here, I guess. Okay, well, it sounds like we're in a good place um, with the Cowboys and Eagles, all things considered. Are you ready to take a little break and then do the other two teams? That we I need com- a break. You know. I'm tired, RJ. Let's okay. take a break. Okay, the YouTube, YouTube audience, we're definitely taking a break. The podcast audience, obviously, you know what's happening. Brandon, we're back. Um, during the break, you were telling me um about the way you spice food when you cook the the things that you get from the grocery store um what is the first spice you always place on meat when you're cooking meat Mm, i don't cook a lot of meat actually and i'm not a vegan or vegetarian or anything i very much enjoy a good burger or whatever uh when i'm going out but i don't cook with a lot of meat at home i guess i don't i'm not really supposed to have red meat uh due to health reasons and everything so or at least eat it kind of you know in moderation so that's mm-hmm. part of it. The other part of it is I don't really desire it when I'm like cooking at home. I feel like I kind of just, it's more desire. of a I don't use out. the word desire often enough. That was a good usage of desire. Wow. Good YouTube uh, you had a hoagie the other day that you posted on Instagram and it oh. looked also you attacked the pizza that I had. <laughs> um, nobody saw this because it was a, an Instagram uh, direct message. I posted a photo of a pizza I had last Friday night, and Brandon came in all elitist and pretentious mm. and was like, this pizza looks so stupid. It was delicious. I'll have you know. That's, those I are said, your exact words. It looks like 
a Texas pizza. It looks like a pizza that was made in Texas. It didn't no, look- but you said it looks it looks like a Texas pizza if I've ever seen one. That last part yes. was the dismissive, like the filth of this. It was amazing. Well, I haven't seen one, so I was saying like if I had, I it just it looked a little off in terms of what I would normally expect to see. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad pizza, but it looked different. Is the point? It looked different, and I was like, I can tell this is like a pizza made in Texas. Um, I actually had this conversation with my wife, and we're about to get to the commanders, but um, so a pizza is a pie, right? Like it's a pizza pie. Sure. I. I maintain when, I, when we're talking about pies, like like the general desserts, the crust isn't important. Like if the crust sucks on a pie, it affects the my, my sort of grading or my my you know assessment of the pie. Absolutely, That's, it's it, but it's not as necessary for me when it comes to pizza. And she disagreed. Mm, like wrong. I, obviously, I would love for the the crust to be good when when it comes to the pizza. But like sometimes I don't even eat the crust. A lot of people don't even eat the crust. You know what I mean? Oh, but you so never nobody. Yeah, like again, what what is the the crust the way it would the be? The bottom is the crust too. It is the crust, and like obviously, if that sucks, then the pizza sucks. But like yeah. it's it's def- it's defined a little bit differently. So that's what I'm saying. The like the outer edge crust is not. My, that was the the discussion, the debate we were having. My point is, it is not as necessary to be good with a pizza the way it is with a, a traditional pie. Yeah, I don't I don't really agree with that. I mean, <laughs> it's like the, that's where it has to go right. And I think that's where uh, there's a lot of variables because people do different kinds of crusts and different temperatures. I think an underrated pizza experience, RJ, and I don't get to do this a lot. I feel like because I'm, I'm usually just getting a whole pizza and that's like a normal serving size or someone as huge as me, or maybe I eat half and then have half like the next day or whatever, um, is the slice that is has been sitting out but they pop it back in the oven and it gets reheated. So it gets like that re-crisp on it. I think that's really underrated. Also, along those lines, I don't know about you and if we've talked about this before, but my favorite way to reheat pizza, if I'm going to reheat pizza, I think a lot of people do it in the air fryer nowadays. I don't have one, so I I can't do that. Uh, I used to do toaster oven a lot. If I have a lot of pizza, I'll do the oven. You know, if I have like, you know, four or more slices, I'll do like the oven. But if, you know, if I have just one slice, I might just throw it in the toaster oven. Um, but I think the best way to do it, really, after a lot of trial and error, is a frying pan. You got to put it in the frying pan. Dude, I, the, that's a great point. You do the cheese side down first. So, like, as it's warming up, it's not going to, like, burn it. It's just going to warm it up enough so that side actually gets warm and, like, the cheese gets a little bit melty in the sauce and everything. And then once it starts to get, like, hotter, you flip it back over. You get it on that back side. And I think it kind of gives you that pizza oven slice experience where like the bottom is crisp and it's it's mm-hmm. really good it's a good point this is a subject for next week so everybody just kind of you know put a bookmark in it if you want tweet or instagram us at brandon gotten at rj ochoa on both places um you mentioned like pizza sitting out people talk about like oh the best cold food is pizza like out of the fridge there's a, d- a different category to me is the best like room tempt food like mm. something that's been sitting out like you said pizza my argument for that and again we'll discuss this next week is chick-fil-a nuggets if you go to like an event or like a banquet or like whatever, like a press box or something, and and the Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets have been sitting out for, again, I'm not saying like five hours, but for enough time to, you know, lose their heat and reach, you know, the equilibrium of room temperature, nothing better. Nothing better at room temp than that. So I want to hear your thoughts next week. Right now, I want to hear your thoughts on Curtis Samuel. All right. Mm. Because, whoa, he joined up with Ron Rivera and he had a lot of success in Carolina. And that meant that he was going to have a lot of success 
in Washington. Now, I don't celebrate any player being hurt. Neither of us do that. But he's been limited uh, through the early portion of training camp practices for the commanders. Ron Rivera on Tuesday said there was some concern uh, with his football conditioning after not playing much last year which factors into managing his workload. We've got uh, rest management happening here. His quote, you have to be smart with it. We're going to stick to the plan. He said it has nothing to do with last year's groin injury. Do you believe him? No, not at all. And regardless of what I believe, I mean, there's so many red flags here. <laughs> How was anyone looking at this Curtis Samuel signing and be like, yeah, this is going to work out. Year, two, year one was a wash, but year two, this is really going to be different this year. Uh, no, I think all the signs are not pointing towards that. It's, uh, not a good moment for, um, for the commanders here. What is a good moment? What have you seen that, that well, is like promising little birdie. And I will name the source here. My friend, Mike K who used to cover the Eagles full time for, uh, different outlets, including bleedinggreennation.com once upon a time. He has been going to training camps up and down the East Coast. RJ, he works with Pro Football Network now, including the Giants and the Commanders training camp. So I've kind of been picking his brain on the sideline when he's been showing up at Eagles training camp to get a lowdown on what's happening there. And he did confirm to me that John Dotson is looking good. He's definitely impressing early on. Carson Wentz and him seem to have a good connection. I've seen the same thing being said by other Washington beat reporters, so that's not just him. Um, so that's the positive. But I've also, to throw another negative in here, I've also heard Mr. Carson Wentz has not necessarily looked great. I saw a tweet today from Mike Garofolo that apparently he's coming off a good day of practice, so okay. But on the whole, I've heard he still had problems with uh, accuracy issues, which I'm certainly no stranger to seeing. So uh, it seems like there's a decent amount of up and down camp. I, it's been quiet for Terry McLaurin. I wonder if, you know, that could be an interesting thing where uh, once upon a time, Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz weren't exactly on the same page. I wonder if that could be a similar issue. Uh, and Carson Wentz tends to have his favorites. And it seems to be like Dotson is one of those favorites early on. I think... I mean, all that is fair. And like, I, I wanted to have some fun with the like Carson Wentz, like throwing back to back interceptions tweets that were happening, but like, it's training, you know what I mean? Like that's going to happen. Like, I, I don't think that we should, you know, cause that happens to Aaron Rodgers or whoever in, in training camp and nobody makes fun of it. it again, I, that, that, that I think is like people just confirming their priors. Um, I hate to be negative, but I also, we didn't even bring up that last week, Ron Rivera kind of accidentally let slip that Chase Young might start the season on the pup list. Um, which is significant because that would mean, and we've talked about this, he's out for the first four games of the season, which is down from six. That's a new rule change. He would miss the first games of the commanders against both the Eagles and the Cowboys if he were to be on the pup list at the beginning of the season. That seems seismic. I, I mean, Chase Young is literally the type of player who can swing a game, um, two divisional games against the two best divisional teams. Um, not a great moment for the commanders. I... On, the, on the, the subject of the fans, because I know you sent that to me, just the, the lack of fans at training camp. And I think it's oh. interesting to see the response to that, because I think my impression is that some people might clown on the fans. I'm like, no, I have all the respect in the world. For, don't show. Why would you show up? Why would you waste your time and money, even if it's just gas money, whatever, getting there? on this team that's like pathetic in so many ways don't waste your time on that like don't show up like you're you're, you're standing out there in the hot summer sun to see like this garbage uh organization yeah, hot sun, what's the temperature in, in landover or whatever i mean it's, i, I heard like 80 hot. degrees 85 degrees 
I don't know. I'm not an expert. I've, I've been in DC in the summer though. I have been in DC in like mid June and it was really freaking hot. Uh, so, and then shout out to my dad who I think once was in DC and kept talking about how he wanted to jump in the Potomac. I think that was like some kind Mr. of Mr. Gowden jumping in the Potomac respect. Yeah. He didn't actually do um, it, but I think he, he was so hot. So I have heard it's hot down there. Anyway, the point is that uh, I respect the fans for not showing up. I'm not going to clown on them for that. That's more of an indictment of the organization than it is the fans. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're also, did you see um, the like fight song thing they're doing? The like, contest or like input they're receiving? No. Um, like, because they have, they have to change the fight song because it used to be hailed to the, obviously. Um, and so they're amending some of the lyrics. And so they're petitioning or, or polling fans on what they prefer. And one line is like, um hail to our leaders and again it, it's really like lame you know verbiage ron rivera is like i love the the words about leaders because i'm a leader blah 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 lead, lead, lead. um so whatever um, i like the idea I think that like the team name has anything to do with like the team <laughs> like we, we we value leadership here so we're gonna have a good leader no it doesn't matter a team could be called anything that's not does not impact yeah. the culture Unless it's like really terrible and problematic, maybe, but it's dumb. Um, let's move on to the New York Giants because word is hot around Daniel Jones hmm. that he's doing well. Um, actually, before we get to Daniel Jones, um, and, and everyone should go check out, like I said, the, the site for their favorite team here, uh, whether it's Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, mm -hmm. Honks Big Blue View, Ed Valentine at Big Blue View does a great job recapping practice every day for Giants fans. Um, and it helps for, for us, obviously, in our jobs as well. Um, Kadarius Tony on Tuesday, BLG, took a rep as a Wildcat quarterback. Mm. Whoa. I have Whoa. heard he's been looking good, which is... Uh, well, he's a, really talented. We know that. Sure. But there was rumors about him being like traded not too long ago. So it seems like that has kind of died down and he's settled in a little bit. Maybe they kind of got on the same page after some disharmony there, which is good news for the Giants. Uh, I did see Ed mention that Daniel Jones just had his best day of practice, not dissimilar to Jalen Hurts. So that's a stock up for him. At least one day, uh, my, my good friend Mike told me that Daniel Jones wasn't super impressive when he went. And he specifically said that like he feels like they're not letting him throw the football beyond 15 yards. Maybe that was just the situation on the day he went. They weren't, they were kind of just working on more situational stuff. That's also, if, if that's the case, which I'm not expecting it to be, but, I'd be bad because like Daniel Jones, what's the best at probably is throwing the, he is an arm. He can throw down the field. Um, he also said that him and Galladay aren't necessarily on the same page yet still, which is alarming because they're supposed to be, you know, a top combo, but uh, that's all I'm hearing at the Giants camp. Well, while we're talking about not throwing it deep down the field, I saw our friend Seamus wrote about Jalen Hurts having nothing but check down. So, I mean, it's a popular thing right now. Uh, so yeah tell I me mean, about it because like you know there's some people who track the training camp stats and it'll be like wow jalen hurts was like 14 to 16 i'm like yeah okay he threw like one pass beyond 10 yards so, yes yeah um yeah okay so whatever but i do think this is positive about daniel jones i found it funny um we're at the time of year where like nfl network is at every single training camp right and they're like kind of parachuting in and they're interviewing people and stuff and, and while they're interviewing somebody they have like the stat ads from last year just kind of flashing on the screen right for the viewer so they have daniel jones on the set they're like gassing him up you know like what are you gonna do like sit tell the guy he sucks and so they're like oh how excited are you blah blah and then the screens come up and it's like 
every ranking in every offensive category. It's like 30th, 31st. Like it was so funny, like just like kind of seeing it. Um, so we'll see. Can you stop being the meme giants? Another note from Giants practice, uh, BLG. I don't know anybody that's been higher on Adoree Jackson than than us, actually. I actually can't name another person who likes Adoree Jackson the way we do. And we praise that signing. We get criticized for not liking the things the Giants and Commanders do. But we were all in on that. And he's apparently on fire. That makes sense. He's a talented athlete. We could totally see him. You know, maybe... You know what? You know what, Brandon? The reason that they got that they cut James Bradbury, James Strawberry, Blueberry was because we got a Dory Jackson. He's gonna take a leap here in his second year with the big blue view. He's got the NY on his helmet. Sometimes it has the block giants like Bill Parcells had back in the day. That's pretty good. New York so accent. You're Russell huh? Wilson and you're also a, a New York guy. I, I just don't even imagine actual for whatever reason, I can't imagine like actual people in new york new york city <laughs> new yorkers like talking about the giants i know they're new york based but i guess because they're in north jersey i just have a hard time picturing it as much as i could about like the yankees you know what i mean i feel like you, you would like that would be much right. more uh or the knicks much more easy to envision for me for some reason i can't um who are you talking about you're talking about oh uh adory jackson, Adore jackson. Yeah. yeah i mean maybe uh if the giants get off to a slow start which isn't their schedule kind of I forget. I forget exactly what their schedule looks like, but I thought I some of the tougher games were earlier on. Um, in any case, uh, maybe that's a guy who, if not a long-term piece for this roster, which I don't know, but uh, maybe a guy you can sell off. You know, they didn't get anything for James Bradbury. That was unfortunate for them. Maybe they can uh, sell him by the deadline, assuming the season isn't going well. Um, the Giants' schedule, incidentally, week one at the Tennis Titans. So, revenge for Adore Jackson. Wow. Week two, um, they have the Carolina Panthers. Week three, Monday Night Football. Uh, they're actually, that's one of the games they're wearing the throwback uniforms that I mentioned uh, against the Cowboys. Week four against the Bears. Week five, mm. Packers. Week six, Ravens. So, um, the first, you got to win those first two, Tennessee and Carolina, because then you got Dallas and Chicago and then Green Bay. What's the record? What's the record in through six weeks there? Through six weeks. So Tennessee, Carolina, um, Dallas, Chicago, one and Green five, Bay, two Baltimore. And yeah, two and four. I think three and three if you're optimistic. I mean, because I'll give them the Panthers and the Bears. Right. The Titans are kind of the weird one. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Okay. Um, wow. Um, I thought the James Bradbury thing that was really funny. Blueberry, strawberry. What's your favorite berry? Mm, probably. Wow, that's a tough question. What about you? Let me give you some time to think. Strawberry. I love strawberries. I love strawberry. Mm. If I'm getting any kind of like, you know, fruity thing or whatever, it's like, what flavor do you want? Strawberry. What, what flavor blow pop do you want? Strawberry. You know, what flavor smoothie? What flavor slushy? Strawberry. Boom. I'm not a big that's cherry tough. guy. I don't really like cherry Agreed. stuff. I, I also. I've never been the like sour apple, sour grape. Like I don't, I've never liked sour candies or things like that. It's not my thing. You don't like sour patch kids. Yeah. Well, that's different. I'm talking about like the flavorings of things. Mm. Like you ever, did you ever eat like warheads growing up? You know what yeah. I mean? Like people are like, I love the super sour thing. Oh, you don't like it. Oh, you're not cool. You don't like sour <laughs> stuff. Oh, sour. Like I'm just not, not for me. Ah, oh, man. This is a tough question because I really like, a triple berry pie you know you mix like a blueberry a blackberry and a raspberry maybe or something like that or some some kind of combination or even like a boysenberry in there i think that could be really mm. good I, I'm, I'm really all those, good it comes 
All those Go are ahead. great berries, but they need to be in something. Like you can't eat yeah. those berries by themselves. Not like strawberries. Yeah. I think I have to go. I'm between blueberry and raspberry. Those are my top two, I think. And I think I'm gonna have to go blueberry. And I and I know some of them it can kind of be hit or miss because some of them are like bigger and mushier and not enough flavor. But you get the right ones and they're really tart and sweet. And I just like it. I will say, uh, as far as pastries are concerned, blueberry is the best. Like nothing comes close to blueberry muffin, blueberry scone, whatever. Um, so well done there. Blueberry yogurt still also very good. Um, so it's it's somewhat good versatile. summer treat. Like it's hot, you just need to cool down and have like a cool snack as opposed to a room temperature snack. Mm-hmm. Like a nice cool snack. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring one last thing up before um we uh we get ready to get up and get out of here. Uh, the great Bob Stern from the ticket and the athletic tweeted something out. This is obviously about the Cowboys. Um, it's just, you know, this, this is an ongoing story as well, I think. And this impacts the division. Um, so this is the tweet from Bob Stern. Running backs with 100 carries and 35 catches in a season and averaging five or more yards per carry and eight or more yards per reception. Do you understand the, the like, involved, the criteria? Yeah. Do I understand this very specific <laughs> Okay, so since 2019, since 2019, there are only five running backs to accomplish this, okay? Number mm-hmm. one, Jonathan Taylor, not a shock, right? Number two, Alvin Kamara, not a shock. Number three, Dalvin Cook. And these are single seasons, by the way. Um, yeah. And so this was 2021 Jonathan Taylor, 2020 Alvin Kamara, 2020 Dalvin Cook, 2020 Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor having an amazing start to his career, obviously. And 2021 Tony Pollard. That's the fifth one. That's the fifth season. That's the only other one besides wow. two Jonathan Taylors, an Alvin Kamara, and a Dalvin Cook. I couldn't have possibly guessed you were going to say Tony Pollard. And they won't use him. Wow. That's just so wow. sad. It's really, it's actually sad. He's, I mean, I, there has dude, to be something there to not, like, not trusting him as a volume player. No, it's, it's Zeke's contracts. What's there? That's what it is. Well, I think Tony, that's the other part of it. But yes, Tony Pollard. If you play, I know you don't play fantasy, but like if you're in a dynasty league, trade for Tony Pollard this year, and then in 2023 when he's on the Falcons or the Broncos or whatever, he is going to go off. I mean, we are going to see like an insane year. We're going to be like, this dude was on the Cowboys and they didn't use him, and then I will hate everything. Mm. um yeah oh i wanted to bring this up uh before we get out of here we talked about um um goodness about uh his singing gosh um um who did we talk about singing i forgot i had a whole point about this jordan davis Um, good goodness gracious we talked about jordan davis singing he went viral he had the moment whatever did you see what aiden hutchinson did no Oh, I mentioned NFL Network kind of parachuting into different camps. They were at Detroit Lions camp, the Lions on Hard Knocks starting next week. Make sure to check out our friends at Pride of Detroit. Um, They'll have some post-Hard Knocks um, content as well. Um, He was on with, I think it was with Tom Pelissero, and he was asked about his singing, and he sang right there, like on set, on live television. Wow. Do you think, and it, it sounded really good, actually, but do you think that's cool? Or do you think that's him, like, kind of playing up to the the moment? You know what I mean? Like, maybe he knows he's a good singer. And so he's like, if I sing right here, everyone's going to be like, how cool. Aiden Hutchinson sang on camera. He's not afraid of anything. So where do you fall? I think it takes some courage to do that. So especially on the spot. I can't do – I can just, you know, do things on the spot. Uh, I think it could be a sign of charisma 
I think it could be a sign that he could be a good leader in addition to being a pretty good player. I mean, Look at you that. know, underrated, not underrated, properly rated probably, but like maybe underappreciated is that like, how cool is it if you are a Lions fan or any kind of fan of any team and you get like that local player who happens to be sure. really good. At, it's, it's fun. It's an, a fun extra layer to, to rooting for this guy who could potentially be like a building block for your franchise for years to come. It's a little tough if you're like a Michigan State fan. You know what I mean? Like that's probably a little bit difficult. I know a Michigan um, State fan who's a Lions fan, but like he doesn't care. Like he'll take Aiden Hudson. Well, yeah, but still, like yeah. you're. But my point is like you're right. It's much cooler if you are a Michigan fan, mm-hmm. uh, and that works out. Um, I can't. There's you know that happened like when Roy Williams was traded to the Cowboys, incidentally from the Lions, all the University of Texas fans, but that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> that's why a lot of people wanted Johnny Manziel. Was it for him? We don't need to talk two? about this, man. Two or um, three. Okay. Let's move on. Um, actually, let's just go. Let's leave. Um, okay. Give us three random words that all start with the letter T, as in trombone. Trombone cannot be one of your words. Time, like T-H-Y-M-E. Ooh, okay. Brain. Okay, shout out Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Uh-huh. Tuberculosis. Oh, rough note to end on. <laughs> <laughs>